Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Sud Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Calamino here with you, ready to take you for the next hour into the inside of college and NFL football. Are you ready for the ride, Mr. Calamino? Always ready for the ride. Best show of the week. Love the Friday show. Gotta love it. Football Friday coming up on the show today. We're going to talk about college football and the biggest and best matchups. That's going to happen on the college gridiron today. We're going to give you some predictions as to what we think is going to go down um, and some point spread predictions you know, for entertainment only out there. Also going to talk some NFL football, preview some of the uh, heavier matchups that we have on the docket. Also give you our predictions there as well, as well as well as the fantasy football focus sponsored by FanDuel. We'll be talking about that uh, and more here on the Gridiron Stud Show today. If you want to join us on the show, it's 347-633-9365. 347-633-9365. And also I'd encourage you all to follow the new Twitter account for the Gridiron Stud Show. That's G-I-S Show B-G, G-I-S Show B-G. You can reach out to us there. Uh, send us your questions, comments, etc. about anything that we talk about on the show today. But again, feel free to call us. We won't bite. We're here for the next uh, hour plus. At the top of the hour, I'm going to join Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com, and we're going to talk Florida High school football, it's the final week of the regular season, some pretty interesting matchups, and also a lot of our playoff matchups in the state of Florida are set, so Joshua and I will go through some of that and talk about what we think uh, might be happening here in uh, the state of Florida. The tournament is about to start, April. The tournament is about the to tournament, start. The big tournament, right? You got eight classes down there, am I right? Eight classes, um, and you know what? We've got some districts down there. I don't know how they break things up in Pennsylvania, but we have classes, and then you've got several districts that make up regions and all that good stuff. And some of our districts down here have three teams in them, and two teams are going to make the playoffs. So you have – No, it's similar up here. They finally fixed our playoffs up here. We only had four classes up mm-hmm. through last year. So what would happen in the, you know, the 4A class, let's say, you would get a school like our local high school in my town – uh, is big for our part of the state, but it's only got like 1,500 kids in 9 through 12. Well, they'd go down toward Philadelphia and or out toward Pittsburgh and play play a game in the state playoffs. Well, that's broken into Eastern and Western, so I should say Philly early on. And you'd play a, kid, a team in the same class. They mm-hmm. might have 3,500 or 4,000 students. So, you know, non-competitive situation. So now they've got six classes up here in Pennsylvania, which makes it a, a better situation. Yeah, they've tweaked, uh, they've tweaked the playoffs down here, and this will be starting next year where you earn some kind of points and you can get like almost like a wild card bid into things. It was done really to eliminate the situation I was talking about here where 
Um, in our playoffs this year, the way things are set up with some of these three-team districts, you're going to have teams with blatant losing records. I mean, last year we had a team one and nine. The school Patrick Peterson came from, Ely High School in Pompano. Yeah. Made it into the playoffs at one and nine last year. They won the one yeah, game. Yeah, we, they- we have a little bit of, on some of our different district games. Now, we're starting districts tonight up here. And then, you know, you, you, after districts, like you guys, you have regions, parts of the state. There, there's some district games where they needed filler teams. And, you know, a team they had a big article in last Friday's paper. That, you know, the one team upset the other in their big annual rivalry game to make the playoffs. And I go and look at the schedule. The team won their second game of the year. <laughs> so they're 2-8 and yeah. eight and they're in the playoffs. Yeah, so you get some of that stuff going on down here, and I guess people were mad enough about it that they decided to do something about it, and uh, so be it. They've uh, managed to do that, come up with some kind of system. Hopefully it works out, but nevertheless, uh, high school football is on the way here in uh, in the state of Florida. Playoffs start next week. We don't have a game today. We are we have a Buy American Heritage. We tried to uh, get a game here. In week what was your final season record, 8-2? and 9-0. and oh. Didn't you lose that first out-of-conference, uh, you know, out-of-state game? Yeah, we did lose. It's, you know, really counted as like a preseason uh, game, so to speak. So on our official record, it's not on there. But trust me, uh, every one of us realized we lost that game. And really, it was a Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know how you say. So basically, that was treated as a, a total exhibition game. Yeah, so to speak, um, an exhibition game, if you, uh, you know, if you could call it that. So um, when when things were real, we won every last one of them, 9-0, heading into the playoffs. And uh, we've got a, a first-round game against a team called Fort Pierce Westwood. Uh, they, too, represent what it is I was talking about. I think their record is 2-7 and seven or 3-6 and six on the year. And so we faced them in the first round. Well, that should, be, that should be fun for them when they run into you guys. You know, here's what is the deal is, and we've been trying to stress this to our kids. Don't look at that record, okay? Um, sometimes a team could be three and six, and they won the last three games, so they come in hot. And it doesn't matter. Irregardless, we get everyone's best game uh, every year. We're a well-known program, a nationally recognized program, um, and you know, it doesn't matter if they're two and seven, seven and two. We get everyone's best game. No one looks like they look on film. Um, I, you know, a good example of that was when we played Jackson about three weeks ago. Um, and, and Jackson has the, uh, the female head coach who was one of the stars on the show, South Beach Toe. And when you looked at him on film, Emil, you were like, oh, my God, this is just going to be a complete runaway. We're going to put up 28 points in the first quarter, and we're going to be laughing all the way back to the bus. Um, and they came out and played their rear ends off and uh, ended up being a you know, 41-21 game or something like that. So we get everyone's best game, and sometimes it's hard for the kids to understand that, but that is the case. And so I expect that to be the case here. Do you mind if I take you into a little life situation that's happening up here with uh, since we're on high school football to open the show today? Do you mind that? Because it's high school football related. Anytime you have the opportunity to talk high school football, especially from another region, I am all I am all for that, especially Pennsylvania, where there is some good football. We're not talking. Okay, let, let me set this up for you. I went to a, a high school which uh, is about thirty minutes from where I currently live. Uh, mm-hmm. Name of it is Dunmore High School. Dunmore, uh, small town, uh, not not a jointure as we call them up here. Our high school is our our town has its own high school, so it's not a combination of cities or towns. Um, proud program. The coach has been there. God, I was four years old. I used to go to the games when, when he, he's uh, – so he's 80 now. He's been there, been there 40, 44 years. 
he is the second uh, winningest coach in the state of Pennsylvania in terms of total wins. Program has uh, been to uh, four state championship games since we started state state playoffs about 25 years ago. We've won one of them. Uh, the other times we ran into Terrell Pryor beat us, a team called Clarion who'd won 63 games in a row at the time. So at the end, I mean it's a it's it's a well-known program in Pennsylvania. Small school right. program. Uh, they were they they vacillated between A and Double A over the years. Uh, we've been A the last few years. Now that we've gone to six classes, we've been moved up to Double A this year. Uh, you know, it was an A school. So, <clears throat> long and short of it, uh, Dunmore High School has had a tradition uh, before games. Uh, coach would get in the set, you know, in the middle, and uh, the team would take a knee. They would pray, say that our Father, pray for the health oh, of the players, the health the health of the other team and uh, a good clean game. Basically that's it. Uh, no, uh, from what I, you know, knowing coach, which my father was always in the booster club. He took the time. I, remember, I knew he would be at my father's wake a couple of years ago. I, I've known him. He was a, a teacher, a health teacher and a driving teacher in high school. Great guy. Uh, he would never force that on, on anybody. So if, if, right. you know, <clears throat> you know, if you were Muslim or Jewish, which, you know, again, I'm, I, I tell you guys during the show, I've, you, People listen, kind of know where I come from. It's an ethnic town, so mm-hmm. um, there's a good chance we don't have very many have, or have had very many Jewish or Muslim players. But if they did, and they said, Coach, I'm really not down with that, I'm, say, I'm sure he'd say, listen, when we do that, you meander over and get some electrolytes. We're going to need you tonight, okay? <laughs> so yeah. that, that would be – anyway, somebody gets a, bu- uh, a bug up their ass, and they're saying that it was a concerned uh, citizen or parent – contacted the Freedom From Religion group out in Madison, Wisconsin. Went kind of far. Yeah, a bunch of atheists. If you go read their Facebook page, really, you know, proud of when they can, uh, you know, inflict that on somebody. And uh, they uh, wrote a letter to the school board, and, you know, technically, as far as it's been interpreted by, you know, courts, uh, as a government employee, he cannot lead the prayer. So... Tonight, I am going to guess what's going to happen here is a player will lead that prayer. The only problem is the unintended consequence of this is going to be they're probably going to have three to 5,000 people in the stands praying with them. <laughs> so. Whoa. Well, uh, you know, listen, Emil, uh, I, I had a back and forth with someone on Facebook over this, and she happened to be a Christian. Um, and you know, it, it stemmed around a story in which Mark Rick gave out Bibles to all of the players on the university of Miami and, uh, played devil's advocate with me and said, you know, what if he was, uh, spreading word about devil worship? Would you be okay with that? If your son was on the team, I was like, well, you know, it's highly unlikely. Um, but you know, quite frankly, I think if you've done your job as a parent teaching your kids about, um, you know, religion and your family's um, philosophy on faith, then, you know, someone else coming in at that stage in their life shouldn't be able to go ahead and twist them around to something else. Like, my kids aren't going to go to college it, and such. Well, I, I happen to agree with you, Chad, but let's use a better example of what I think would be a reasonableness test. I think. A reasonable person, probably well over 90, 98%, would say satanic worship 
just the overall whether whether you believe Satan exists or not, but the, the, the principles behind it are a bad thing. Let's pretend you think that, you know, give you an example. Let's say you are out there and you think God is completely make-believe. It'd be, yeah. You'd be hard-pressed to read most of the Bible and find it as a bad thing, though. It's probably like if you listen to it, it's not. Like, if you look at the Ten Commandments, if, even if you don't think they came from God, if you look at them, like, not killing people, probably, right, probably a good thing, right, not to steal, not to kill sure. people. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, it so, seems like something I could be down with. Right. So, I mean, you, you can – what I'm trying to say is a reasonable person. And, you know, the, the other problem I have with all this, and I've read – I mean, I have a little pocket constitution I keep in my desk every once in a while. question comes up, I like to look it up. And I'm certainly not a lawyer, but the First Amendment guarantees us freedom of religion. As far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned, if you read it, it says you can – choose whatever religion or choose not to participate in a religion and we we don't live in a theocracy so people can't force religion on us as they say they do in iran it doesn't really guarantee you freedom from religion in other words just because someone's praying i don't understand i get the whole point you're saying he's a government official and maybe that's it i guess but i mean really that's that offensive that you have a beef over that i didn't i don't know as far Perhaps these things have come up because somewhere someone has abused it. And usually it only takes one person to abuse something for some kind of blanket legislation or push of an ordinance or anything like that to be put forth. And now everyone that comes um, behind suffers, man. But praying, um, praying before an athletic event, especially a football game, um, is just something that I've always grown up around. It's just been a, a a fabric of our community, society, and then you've got eggheads, for lack of a better term, that want to go and make a big deal about that. It's just unbelievable. My um, baseball team prayed before every game in high school, put our hands in the center of a circle, said the Hail Mary, and then and then chanted our our nickname. That was it. <laughs> I mean, that was yeah, you know, I'd have a hard time if I was that coach dealing with that whole situation there. Um, you telling me that we're – we're, my team and I are not going to pray before we go play this football game. So, well, they are going to. A kid's going to lead it. I guarantee you. I, I'll let you know on Monday if I can find out what happened because I'm not going to be able to go tonight. But I guarantee you a kid's going to lead this. I can. I, I, I would bet you the money I have in my pocket right now. So, in the end, and it's you know what, end man? Up, and we'll probably none of those kids, even the ones that may indeed be atheists or of another faith, um, that are part of that team probably don't have a problem with it. It's just some adult with, like you said, a bug up their ass um, has decided to, from a distance, make trouble with this sort of thing. What is wrong yeah, with Yeah, well, that? anyway, that, that's my high school football story from Pennsylvania today for you guys down in Florida. That's where we're headed today, tonight. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Well, all right, let's get back on the gridiron. It was college football last night. By the way, there's been college football all week long. I say this, we've moved into the degenerate era of the uh, degenerate portion of the college football season. <laughs> That's just where you get right. daily college football games. And, we, and some folks love the MAC conference for that because you're going to get football on Tuesday that you can bet on. And that's the only reason you're probably watching this unless you're friends and family. And then you get Wednesday football. And then you get, of course, Thursday football. And, you know, there's Friday football you can get now. And you just get football every day of the week, my friend. So, you know, hop on over to your Bovada online account or call your man uh, at the back of the uh, restaurant because you can put a bet on a football game every day. But nevertheless, 
Football I have to left. tell you, though, I, listen, listen, I'm not complaining because I have to admit, like at this time of year, the weather up here, now you guys don't face this again. It's a difference in our climates. You know, it gets a little colder. You get like a bear. You know, you lived in the north. As it gets a little colder, you kind of want to hibernate. You're not real interested in, you know, I go to the gym, and then after that I'm not real interested in moving around. And, you know, about 930, I get down on the couch, and I have a choice. Am I going to watch stuff about this election? Hell no. So I flipped on the UCLA-Colorado game. So yeah, yeah, no, 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 I mean, I tried to watch the NFL game, and I tried, just couldn't get lathered up for the Bucks and the Falcons. Really, the only reason I was watching that was to watch um, those three guys that played at the University of Florida last year. You had three guys that played in the University of Florida's defensive backfield last night, all starters playing on the field last night. Two for the Falcons, one for the Buccaneers. You had Ke- uh, Keanu Neal playing uh, starting safety. For the uh, Falcons, you had uh, you had Vernon Hargraves starting defensive back, cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then you had Brian Poole starting nickelback for the Atlanta Falcons. And Poole was a free agent, and he's over there starting. Oh, yeah. With a secondary play. That was really the only reason I watched last let me ask you. Let me ask you about that, by the way. I really like Neil's game. You know, I think if he can refine it a little bit, I like his size. I like the way he hits. What do you think about Hargraves? Is was this rookie stuff, or you know, he seems to really be struggling a little bit? Uh, I think it is rookie stuff, and he had a tough matchup last night. I mean, who's looked good this year against Julio Jones? Not too many people. So um, when you come straight from college and then you're dealing with a six foot four, two hundred thirty pound beast, I mean, he is the young version of a guy who retired from football this week, Andre Johnson. And um, if you've, I've never met Julio Jones in person, but I have met Andre Johnson in person. And my, man, let me tell you something. <laughs> um, that's a physical specimen. And yeah. when you're lined up in front of that, and not only is he physically um, a beast, he's been in the league for a good little minute. So now he's got, you know, the wisdom um, on you. It's a tough matchup. So, you know, I just think that little rookie stuff and that all sorted itself out. You know, Vernon Hargraves is a damn good football player with a lot of instincts. I think all that will sort himself out. And how about Matt Ryan, though? This man is continuing to tear it up this season. Last night, he goes 25 of 34, 344, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Quietly, I don't really hear a whole lot of talk about Matt Ryan right now, but he's, he's killing it. Oh, he's yeah, no, no, he's he's got it going. He's got it going. I mean, I don't know, you know. I mean, when you have the, they have some weapons there, and you know they've got a couple good running backs. You mentioned Jones, the what's the kid Sanu? He's a bit, he's a big receiver. Sure. I mean, they've they've got some weapons for him. He seems, he, I think the biggest thing for Ryan really is they fixed the offensive line for him a little bit. Um, yeah, got a little time to throw, got a little time to find. Um, you know, Julio Jones, and, you know, they're running the ball well. Right now, uh, Amo, Matt Ryan is second in the league in quarterback rating with 115.8. You know who is the only person ahead of him right now. I don't need to say the name. He gets enough pub on his own. But Matt Ryan, um, 2,600 yards passing. We're only halfway through the season here, so he's on his way to a 5,000-yard season. I don't know if he's ever had one of those before. 19 touchdowns, only four interceptions. I mean, he's having an outstanding year. I'm really outstanding, so don't misunderstand what I'm going to say. I'm just looking to break this down a little for you. I agree with you. So I'm going to say before we start, I agree with you. 
He's really only faced, though, two decent defensive teams in this first nine games, and that would be Denver and Seattle back-to-back. He won at Denver, lost that heartbreaker at Seattle, but both, you know, he didn't, he didn't do anything to hurt himself there. His schedule, yeah. though, has really been, been littered with, you know, good matchups. Tampa Bay, Oakland, New Orleans, Carolina's a disaster on defense. The Chargers are a disaster. Green Bay's be slowly becoming a disaster. They're not a great defensive team. And then Tampa Bay again last night. So he's had the right schedule. Now coming up, he's got Philadelphia, Arizona, Kansas City all in a row, and then the Rams. I'll be curious to see in this next four-game stretch what the Falcons' offense looks like as they start playing better defensive clubs. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I would say this. He's done, he's done his job to continue making those defenses that he's faced miserable. I mean, you could go out there and uh, still make a mess and not get the job done. So he's, uh, he's done what he's supposed to do against those defenses, but I'm with you. Let's see how he does against some of the better ones. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll fall off of his averages, but he can still probably – uh, be a pretty good. Oh player. no, you know, no, no, no! Yeah, I mean, you're, Chad, you're 100 percent right. I've seen guys mess up against some of the worst defenses in the league, so I don't mean to take. I, I'm just trying to point out. I think you may see a slight regression for people who follow fantasy. You, you may not that you're going to bench them, but you may see a slight regression in the next four weeks. That's all I'm pointing out. Yeah, I mean, and if he happens to light those teams up, um, then you know, then he's really having an amazing season. Like I said, there's college football last night. But you know what? we got a college football segment coming up here on the show. So we'll kick off our college football segment in the, uh, with, with talk of what a couple of games that went down last night, the things that we found interesting in them. We're going to take a break. When we get back, college football talk here on the Great Iron Stud Show. Stay with us. Summer's gone, winter's here, but that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself, and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. It's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. 
Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. what Colorado's doing, the way they're playing defense. Um, you know, that, that always gets lost on people. I, I, I like the fact that they're going out. You look at some of these games, maybe they're not sexy. You know, yesterday they were very undisciplined. They made a ton of personal fouls in that game, and I could count them up, but it's like more than five or six. I mean, it was bad. The coach was losing his mind. But um, they won 20-10. to 10. They beat Stanford 10-5. to 5. That may not be for you Big 12 fans out there. You may not like that. But I, I do like that. I like what he's doing there. And, by the way, this is a point I wanted to bring up with you. Names start getting tossed around here for jobs. And, you know, you keep hearing the guy down in Houston, Herman, for the Texas job. What about this guy at Colorado for a job like that? I mean, it's it's one thing. I mean, Houston wasn't a losing program, per se, when Tom Herman stepped in there. And I'm not here to, you know – Take shots at Tom Herman. Absolutely not. Outstanding football coach. There's no way around that. I, you know, I don't care what's happened with a couple of games this season at Houston. But Houston was not a program in the dumps. So, you know, it's, it's, I think he had a little bit of an easier job moving the needle at Houston than, you know, this coach has had here at Colorado. I mean, it was a losing program. Well, sure. And, you I know, mean, just, whenever you start just – every Saturday just waiting for something bad to happen. And that becomes a tougher job now to take that mindset and turn it all the way around to where you're winning games like this. Well, you know, whenever you start a sentence like I'm going to, no offense to Houston, of course I'm going to offend somebody in Houston, but <laughs> you're, playing Mem- you're playing Memphis and SMU. That's a little different than what Colorado's playing USC and Stanford and Washington. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, right. come on, let's be honest here. That, that's a tough turnaround He's got them at 7-2. and two. They've lost two games all year, one at Michigan and one at USC. I mean, I'd say that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, he's just flat out getting the job done. I know that um, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. Someone posted the names for Coach of the Year um, throughout the country, and his name wasn't on it. And, you know, I, I said, how could this guy's name not be on there? And I got some responses. One person was like, well, they haven't beat anyone. 
Uh, they haven't beat a ranked opponent. This was right before they went and played Stanford. Hey, listen, man. Whether that's the case or not, he's taken a, a serious loser program and flipped it around. Don't start talking to me about he didn't beat he didn't beat a ranked opponent. His team, his team, Chad is seven and two. Okay, here's their road schedule so far this year, and you can say what you want about one of them, but when when the schedule came out, you didn't think this was the case. At Michigan, at Oregon, at USC, at Stanford. Uh, say what you want about Oregon, but you still, he still had to go up there early in the year before or- Oregon started losing. They won. Sure. They've won at Stanford, and they lost the two games to Michigan and USC. I mean, to me, if he's not in the coach of the year conversation, then we're not paying attention. This program was 5-40 and 40 in Pac-12 games in their first five years coming into this season. Yeah, 5-40. and 40. Think about that number. 5-40, and 40, folks. I mean – that's uh, an amazing job he's done there. UCLA, are they done? Uh, is Mora in trouble? Where do the Bruins go? This is not what they were expecting this season. They've lost Well, you're going to have more apologists that are going to point to the fact that, you know, Rosen's been out the last couple games and whatnot. But you know what? If you, anybody who's back, paid attention. Hey, listen, Rosen's back up through for 464 in his absence a couple weeks ago against Utah. 40 of 70, 464, five touchdowns. I, I mean, I well, they also made five. They also made five turnovers in that game. But I, I see, I see you that point. But what I'm trying to say is, there's going to be the apologists who tell you he was planning on running this team with Rosen, not not a, a fifth-year senior. I'm going to tell you that if you watch them throughout the year when Rosen was still healthy, something was wrong there. I mean, sure they came back late at A&M, but they were never really. For three quarters, they were never in that game. They were losing 24-10. And before A&M became A&M, I think that A&M didn't know how to win at that point. It was the first game of the year. They barely squeaked by BYU. They got they got beat at home by Stanford. They lost at Arizona State. I mean, this team was having its problems well before. They had three wins, Emil, UNLV, BYU, and Arizona. That's it. That's it. That, no, I listen, I, I, I think – you know, you are you are one person that always says this, and, and it usually turns out for some reason you're prophetic on this. With coaches, you got to know when to leave. <laughs> hang around, man. I mean, not in this day and age. No, but and especially you got to know the program. You got to know the program you're at. Mora was at UCLA. Okay, no matter what people want to say, and you can laugh at me all you want because I'm a homer. I get it. UCLA will always be the redheaded stepchild in football of USC. Not in basketball, I'm not saying. I'm saying in football, that's the way that city's going to work. And the minute, you know, USC got all their scholarships back, okay, UCLA becomes irrelevant again and will probably start losing consistently to USC again. Mora was in a good position. He had not done anything. It's not like they won anything. The one year they played in the Pac-12 title game was only because USC had won the South and was ineligible for the game. They, they won eight, yeah, nine games, and everybody was excited. Some coaches, Amo, like want to get comfortable. You know, there's some people that will move from house to house, um, or you know, in a in a market that's you know um, good for the sellers. They'll sit in a house for two, three years, and then move on to the next one, and just keep going up and up and up. And there's others that, despite that, would like to move into a house and stay there for the next 10, 15 years, and even though you know might not be to their
their advantage. The same thing in coaching. Some guys just want to, you know, um, put their roots somewhere. And, you know, for Jim Moore, that might have been a mistake. Well, I think it was if he, you know, I mean, I, I'm not even sure he'll get fired there because, again, I think the the benefit, the flip side of everything I just said is one of the benefits of coaching football at UCLA is they'll probably give him a year like this because, you know, at, at UCLA, if you go nine and four, it's acceptable. That's fine. Not that that's a horrible year, but I mean, they'll, they'll, you go nine and four every year at UCLA and stay there 10 years, they might throw a statue up somewhere on that campus. I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just never been that. It's nine wins. Um, when you hit 10, you've hit Nirvana at UCLA. So they're not going to hit that. They're not going to a bowl game this year. Uh, that's got to be a problem for anyone who cares about UCLA football. And, you know, perhaps, hey, well, this is happening because Mora is distracted by another job opportunity that may be coming his way. Well, they're I drying have- up. Trust me, they're they're drying up, buddy. That's my point. Those Those job offers, they were there a couple of years ago. When, when he was doing the speeches in the tunnel in the Coliseum, we own L.A., you know, and last year they they played USC and they got slapped down. And my guess is if, unless something weird happens here, USC's playing some pretty good football, they'll probably slap them around again this year. And those job offers are going to get dry up pretty quick. Yeah, um, unless you've got something on the hook. And, uh, look, I want you to pay attention to this, you folks out there listening. There are two college coaches right now that I think – this is just me now, I think, are being distracted by some pretty solid um, other, other offers somewhere. And it's just distracted them to the point where they're not even preparing properly for the games that they have coming. One, I think, is Jim Moore, Jr., and the other, I think, is Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. I think both of these guys are seriously entertaining uh, a job elsewhere, and it's uh, affecting almost like, you know, those coaches that are heading to the bowl games. And, and you know that they're taking a job somewhere else. We don't all know it, but it's, you know, when you go back and look, they were already, you know, their mind was already elsewhere, and they go out and they really stink it up in the bowl game. I think we're at this point in, in uh, the, the college football game where that happens sooner. It doesn't just happen around bowl time. Uh, people are going and grabbing their next coach in the middle of the season. I mean, sure, we're firing them in the middle of the season, What's to stop them from having negotiations with a coach at another job in the middle of the year? So Jim Moore Jr., Brian Kelly, I think are two guys that may be entertaining other job offers. And that's well, I think, I think Kelly, you know, mistakenly, first of all, if he, if he leaves Notre Dame, I don't see you leaving Notre Dame for another college job. So my guess on Kelly is if he goes anywhere, he's NFL bound. And I'm not sure his personality that screaming coach, the Bill Parcells coach, those days are, are pretty much gone in the NFL. You, you've got to be very cerebral, and you've got to be able to uh, um, get to your team mentally in ways other than screaming openly. You may do it behind closed doors, but that whole screaming on the sidelines, I'm not sure that works in today's NFL with today's players, with the money that's out there. The players know they can't be benched, some of the stars. So you've got to have a, a different mindset. And every time I see Kelly, he seems to be losing his mind on the Notre Dame sideline. So, Yeah, perhaps yeah, perhaps this is the adjustment he makes if he does head over to the NFL. Hell, that Colorado coach um, it seems to be quite the animated fella. If you, if you looked at him last night, he gets super high on the high, super low on the lows. He'll go off on a player. That guy has to be exhausted in the locker room after a game, win or lose. 
Well, I mean, did you see the way his team played last night? I mean, the, the personal fouls, the stoop, I mean, you would have lost your mind, too, even if that wasn't your personality. I mean, I, I yeah, was losing I, my I, mind I, screaming I, at him. Um, and I, that's the first Colorado football game I really watched this year, and uh, his uh, level of, of energy was impressive. It stood out to me. There was another game last night, by the way, and it involved – your Oklahoma Sooners, what are they doing, Amo? Three weeks ago, they went and got in a basketball game with Texas Tech, 66-59. It was, it, was, it was so much scoring that it was embarrassing. Um, yeah, they go out and beat Kansas. You have no choice um, when, you, when you play Kansas than to beat them. And then you have this big struggle game with Iowa State. What is going on with the Oklahoma Sooners? Well, I mean, first of all, I think, you know, despite having a very good record, you know, we, we may be able to say that the toughest part of their season's in front of them. They're seven and two. Maybe they're just not that great this year. You know, did you ever just consider that? I mean, they had, I'm not going to make excuses because, you know, no, no matter who plays running back at Oklahoma, they're usually talented, but they did have their top two running backs out yesterday. And the meat of their schedule's in front of them, Baylor, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Maybe they're, maybe they're just a mediocre team. I don't know. You know, I mean, early in the year, Ohio State went into Norman and did them pretty good. Uh, you mentioned some of these other games. I mean, they played a set of basketball games, actually. TCU, Texas, and, and Texas Tech were all, you know, 45-40, 52-46, you can't You can't recruit on the defensive side of the ball and get some guys in there to play some defense. I mean, hell, West Virginia is doing that. Like, Oklahoma, wake up already. Let's start playing some defense. You're Oklahoma. Of crying out, be the one team in this conference that wants to hold someone under 28 points on a Saturday. Well, you're a football coach. You understand the way football works. I mean, defense only becomes important if if if, if it's a, a program thing. I mean, you know, you, you if you're going to play that kind of goofy spread offense stuff, that's what you're going to practice against. So, so I mean, yeah, it yeah, stands, you're, you're it stands, right. Yeah. It stands to reason you're not going to be a physical football team. Show me a team that is physical and runs the ball. I'm not saying they can't have a passing game. Alabama has a passing game, but they run the ball. Show me a program that does that, and I'll show you a team that typically is physical defensively because you have to practice against that or you're going to get embarrassed every week in practice, and, and your defensive team becomes physical. We had Tom Herman. I heard Tom Herman on the radio earlier this week. Uh, he was on with Jay Moore earlier this week and uh, just talking about things. And one of the things he mentioned was uh, the conversation came up about high tempo offenses. And, you know, everyone's in love with that. They like to see all the points. The no huddle is innovative, uh, it's revolutionary. He says, hey, listen, I'm not, it's not lost on me the fact that if you decide to go with that type of offense, you're going to, yeah, you're going to score points. You're also going to give up points, too. Um, and he seemed to, his philosophy um, seems to be, we're not trying to put our defense in, in bad positions. Um, and I don't know how good he's made on that philosophy. I guess he's just doing what it is he thinks he could do. But that's part of uh, his, his thought process. Is not, we're not here to just, you know, put them in, in a bad position. So that is the case. With it. And then the Big 12 seems to be the leader in that. We're going to just not huddle. We're well, it, 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 all, it all ties together. We've, we've talked about this on a, on over, over the years. You and I have had this conversation about different coaches, just the whole state of the game. It, 
it all ties together. And I'll tell you something, you know, and I don't think I, I'm sure you as a coach have thought of this and other people listening, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. If I was going and I was looking right now in the NFL especially to build a winning program, I would really be looking at getting a great offensive line and learning how to run the football. Because if you look at what most NFL teams do, they put together defenses made to stop their division foes. And since most teams are spreading you out and throwing the ball, most defenses have small linebackers. They have hybrid guys all over the field, Sua Cravens, guys like that. And you can expose those guys if you can run the ball, especially if you can run it out of a passing formation because those guys are on the field and they're not meant to take on guards and people like that. Yeah, I mean, well, that's not going to change anytime soon. That's just turned into the identity of that conference. All right, let's slide into some games that are going to take place on Saturday going through the top 25. And we've got, I guess we can call it a legit top 25 now because the, uh, while, while you were away, Emil, they came out with uh, the college football um, with the playoff committee, came out with their top 20, 25 uh, in college football. So we're talking real numbers. You, you, wait, you're, call, you're calling that legit. So you're telling me that you think – listen, when I saw Penn State ranked at 12th in the country, after I stopped laughing, I stopped reading the rest of the poll. <laughs> hey, man, listen, Penn State's been getting it done the last few weeks, and I guess – a win over Ohio State counts for a whole heck of a lot. I do like that they followed up that big-time win with a blowout win on the road versus Purdue. It means hey, there might be something, man. You better start becoming a James Franklin fan, Mr. Resident of Pennsylvania up there. Oh, I guess I guess the the committee the committee was impressed with the the Kent State win, the Temple win, Minnesota, Maryland, oh, Purdue. And they forgot about, you know, the loss to an unranked pit team and then the 39-point loss at Michigan. I guess none of that matters. <laughs> no, that's just gone right out the window. So your 12th-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions um, are right there for you. So you're just going to have to start wrapping your mind around the fact that they're ranked that high. Let's talk about some of these ranked games this weekend. Louisville on a road going to take on Boston College. Uh, Louisville had a bit of a hard time last week against Virginia. Uh, what are they? What are they? Uh, what are they going to do this week against Boston College? Boston College is a different kind of team now. They're going to be physical on both sides of the ball. Could this be a problem for, um, you know, a basketball playing football team like Louisville? Uh, I expect Louisville to play well this week, and I'll tell you why. This poll is out. They sit at number seven, right? Something like that. And as they sit there, they know that you know if they want to get in this conversation, as teams lose. They need to build that resume as the season starts to end here. You know, if we wind down, people are going to look at the most recent games. They're not going to be accepting three-point wins or, you know, against Boston College. I expect Louisville to play very well this week. Do you expect them to play 24-and-a-half-point favorites? That I won't go that far because when you start playing on the road in, any, in, in football, any, any level, and you're asking teams to cover more than three touchdowns. That's that's you know, that that's a tall task. I don't care. Boston College is a four and four football team. It's not like they're you're, you're going there playing a you know a one and seven team. They're they're a four and four football team at home. So that's asking a lot. But I expect Louisville to not be uh, sweating it out. Let's put it that way at the end of the game. I think we're going to get this kind of game 
uh, early on, physical, uh, a bit of an adjustment for Louisville, who hasn't really run into that, nip and tuck for a little while, and then Louisville starts piling it on, and Boston College can't respond. And that's the way uh, a lot of Boston College games go. They just don't have the firepower when it gets down to it. So once Louisville starts getting loose, they'll run away. And you know what? At the end of the day, probably something happens in that fourth quarter, and they cover this rather big number. That's kind of what I'm seeing there. A similar type game in uh, Auburn. As Vanderbilt travels to face the Tigers, you know, Auburn's another team. Hey, Vanderbilt, you you said this a couple weeks ago. They will play some defense there. This is a hard one to to look at because the number is almost four touchdowns. I mean, because Auburn, because Vanderbilt, I should say, struggles offensively, you could see where this game could get out of control. But conversely, if Auburn doesn't bring their A game offensively, you could see where the Vanderbilt defense could keep them in this game. It's a tough game to call. It definitely is because Vanderbilt does scary things, and then they do things that just make you shake your head. You never really know where uh, where they're going to go. Interesting game here. Four and four Syracuse is traveling to Clemson. We've talked at length on this show about Clemson's uh, seemingly disinterest with the regular season. They're coming off the big win at Tallahassee. Could this be another spot where they just want to ho-hum their way through it? They're 26-and-a-half-point favorite. Well, if you force me to make a pick on the game, I would take the points because the Syracuse throws the ball over the yard. Uh, the quarterback's not bad. He's pretty good. He's a pretty good player. And four touchdowns. I don't expect Clemson, just based on their history this year, to give you their A game. They just don't seem capable in these spots of really getting up for these kind of games. They know they have better talent. They know they can, you know, sleepwalk their way to an eventual victory. And it seems like they have struck a tough time just coming out and putting it on somebody. Um, yeah, so I'm, that's going to be a little bit of an, an interesting watch there to see how that whole thing goes down. Maryland, 5-3 and three, Maryland, traveling to take on Michigan. Um, any reason for Michigan to, to, to be worried in this contest? Maryland playing some pretty good ball. Uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, Mich- I don't see Maryland walking into, if you're asking me, could they walk in there and win the game? I don't think so. Maryland's lost three of their last four. I mean, they came out of the gate quick, uh, you know, with the Howards and the FIUs and games like that, Purdue. Then slowly the the season disintegrated. 24-point loss at Penn State, 21-point loss to Minnesota, finally a win against Michigan State, another loss at Indiana. I mean, I expect Michigan to be able to do what they want, and if they feel like naming the score, uh, they probably can. I don't know know to what degree he'll want to blow these guys out of there. Yeah, uh, well, Maryland playing some pretty improved ball. We'll have to see. 31 is a big, high, serious, serious number. Um, for some reason, I want to I want to back uh, Maryland on that one. The Florida Gators at six and one traveling to take on Arkansas. Big game for them. Florida wins this game at Arkansas. They are really in the, the driver's seat in the East with everything that's going on with Tennessee and um, you know Kentucky actually being the second place team in the East right now. Florida's a three and a half point favorite. You know I don't mess with Florida games. What are your thoughts? Will you be going to this game first of all? I'm not. I'm actually not going to be home this weekend. You're not going? Okay. Uh, this morning, Fred, I'm going to watch it from the confines of my comfortable home. Game scares me for Florida. Uh, you, you know, you see Arkansas at 5-3. and three. Um, They 
lost to Texas A&M, Alabama, and Auburn. Now, they're coming off a disaster two weeks ago against Auburn, so I would suspect they've had two good weeks of practice. Uh, losing 56-3 will get your attention. Mm-hmm. What, what concerns me in this type of game for Florida is the offense. Right. Um, I'm always concerned, you know, can they – can they do enough on the road to, to get a win here? Because this is—I I don't think this can be an easy. I think it's gonna be a tough ball game. I, I really do. I, I see this being a, a field goal type of affair. Sadly to say. Yeah, I mean, even though I want after a humbling loss like the one Arkansas suffered, always dangerous for a road team. Um, hopping up on, hopping up into this one. Um, we got a big one in the Big Ten on Saturday night. Number ten, Nebraska taking on number six, Ohio State. Both teams at seven and one. Ohio State's a big seventeen point favorite. It's one of those lines, Amo, where you say, "Good grief!" A seven and one team getting seventeen points, and then you get scared because why are they such big favorites? I would I would be very inclined to take Ohio State in this spot. Uh, last week as a big favorite, they failed. The public will jump off them because you know they failed against Northwestern as a twenty-some point favorite. I believe they were something like that. They won by four. Conversely, you know you made a pick last week on Nebraska, which I was scared of them getting nine against Wisconsin or eight and a half, whatever it was. I said, geez, that doesn't look right. Game goes to overtime, they lose. That's a tough emotional spot for Nebraska. They lose their first game of the season in overtime on the road against Wisconsin. Spend probably a lot of the week thinking about what could have been. We could still be undefeated. We could be in the top four or five. You know, a lot of that uh, regret in a close game. Now they have to get up again and go play in an equally tough venue against an Ohio State team that's been kind of not playing good ball lately. I mean, three weeks ago they lose to Penn State in that, on a block field goal, return for a touchdown. Then they escape a few games, uh, you know, before and after yeah, that. Yeah, uh, this line is scary enough for me to say, you know what, I'm rolling with uh, Ohio State like you. Me too. On this yeah, I think that's the way to go. All right, the biggest of the big on Saturday night is number one Alabama traveling to LSU. Uh, I've seen a lot of people trying to sell LSU on this game. I don't know that I'm buying it, uh, Emil. I just think that uh, LSU has been on a nice little run here with, with Ed Ogeron, uh, the interim coach. He's like, you know, Mr. Interim. Uh, but I just think this is, you know, um, this game's a whole lot bigger than anything they've had to take on since he's been there. And I just don't know that they are – um, they're, they're going to have enough for Alabama. Alabama's a seven and a half point favorite, which is big in this rivalry, which is big to be on the road. And I kind of, I kind of want to back the Crimson Tide on this. I almost made LSU a pick, and then for all the reasons you said just now, at the very end, I said, you know what, I'm going to back off that. Uh, real early on in this game, uh, because he's a football you know, savant like, like a Belichick, you will see Saban uh, force LSU to f- show him that they can pass the football. Mm-hmm. He's going to load that box. I, I just can't see him going in there and letting uh, Fournette beat them. You know, just, you know, you, so. No, they really held LSU. in check. Pardon? They really held Fournette in check last year. Fournette was on that major role last year, and it all kind of, came apart when they faced Alabama and they, you know, really put him in his clips. They have yeah, a and I think this I think this is one of those games where uh, you know, LSU may not be able to make enough plays in the passing game. So while I, I like the LSU defense and I like some of the things Ogeron's done there, 
it may just be one of those games where Alabama grinds it out, and at the end you look up at the scoreboard, the final score is 24-10 or 24-13, and you're on the short end of that. Uh, you know, because the seven and a half looks awfully enticing at night, at home with LSU, and maybe a little bit too enticing. So I, I tend to agree with you there. Yeah, Alabama has not scored less than 34 points in any game. Well, less than 33 points in any game thus far this season. So uh, definitely um, the biggest and the big time game on Saturday night. All eyes will be tuned in on that. All right. Well, speaking of our picks, we will have those for you at the end of the next segment as Amal and I both you know, put our predictions together. We'll give you our three from the NFL and our three from college football. Kind of going to run all that together. We're going to take a quick break here, though. When we get back, we'll talk the NFL games that mean anything or something uh, this Sunday. And uh, we'll be back to also give you our predictions. But the fantasy football focus is uh, something else we'll be talking about on the Gridiron Stunt Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back right after this. Big-time prizes. They have $2 million games 
uh, $1 million game, $250,000. I mean, listen, they've got it all over there for you. Um, if you're a beginner, not sure how this whole fantasy thing works, they have those kind of games for you as well where you can pitch yourself against others who are beginners. You can also create your own league. So head over to FanDuel.com right now. Use the promo code Gridiron Studs. Just click on promo code in the uh, upper right. Uh, Gridiron Studs. Get yourself uh, started with a nice little bonus when you head over to FanDuel.com right now. All right, last week, Amo. I had a good week last week. I wanted some college football picks. I wanted some NFL picks. And for the first time this season, I was able to get a victory in our little head-to-head here in the fantasy. How about that? I'm going to pat myself on the back. Wow. You, you, you beat my ass last week, huh? I did. I rolled up some points. I think I would have beat a lot of people last week. Um, and just to talk about what I did there, the first and the best thing that I did was back TB12. I mean, this guy just doesn't let you down. Took Tom Brady. Um, paid a nice little sum for him, $8,700. So that ate away um, into my into our $21,000 cap that we have as we pick a quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. But boy, did he perform. Goes out and do, uh, does what he's been doing every week. Um, rolls up 30 points for me there, 30.1 points to be exact. So kicked it off good with Tom Brady there. And then I went with uh, Deontay Booker. Um, for Denver, all those running backs are down for the Broncos. And I know the Broncos are going to run the football. They're not the Green Bay Packers. So whoever in the hell it is that's left is going to get the football. And uh, sure enough, he did rolled up 14.9 points for me to win over San Diego. And then, you know, if you're taking Tom Brady, he's got to throw the ball at somebody. You can't get, I couldn't get Gronkowski. cost too much. So I went with the guy Edelman. Didn't go off, but did enough to get me 11.7 points. So at the end of the day, 56.7 points. It's going to be tough for you to surpass that. That's a very nice week. Well, you, roll out my disaster. My, mine wasn't that good last week. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wouldn't call it a disaster. Disaster is some of the clunkers I've put down. We went with Jameis Winston, had a decent game, cost you 7400 He came up with 18.8 points. So from a value standpoint, if you're into that type of thing, um, not a bad pick there. What happened was the air kind of came out of the Spencer Wear tires, um, cost you seventy four hundred. His number's been running up. Only came up with. Well, wait. The, the, wait. The air came out of his tires. The guy had his brain rattled around. He's in concussion protocol, my man. Well, that's one of the ways to get a guy out of there is to go upside his head, <laughs> as they say. Um, Deacon Jones, a big advocate of that. You youngsters gonna have to Google who Deacon Jones is. But nevertheless, you're tired of a guy. You can't stop him. Hit him in the side of the head and send him to the doctor to shine lights in his pupils, and that'll end that. So you were, you had that misfortune, 5.7 points you earned there. And then, you know, I went with your logic there with Cole Beasley. Why not? I mean, every now and then Cole comes out with, you know, a big doozy there. But um, he had, you know, one an average day. Hard to know whether you're going to get the ball. This wasn't that game for him. Only came up with Well, wait, I blew, I blew up your phone on Cole Beasley. This was a whole case of, you know, Des Bryant had sat out three weeks, and all of a sudden, rather than just doing what we're doing to get to this point, we decide for three quarters, let's make sure we throw Des the ball, like, all the time. And then all of a sudden, the light bulb went on, and Dak said, hey, you know what? I kept throwing the ball to that little white guy, and it kept working out real well for me. So in the fourth quarter, I think Beasley had every one of his three or four catches all in the most important part of the game. You know, in hindsight, with Dez coming back, maybe going with Cole Beasley was not the best thing in the world to do um, because you had to know there'd probably be some kind of pressure, whether real or perceived, to uh, get some balls to Des Bryant, which uh, – Well, up. yeah, I think I think you watched the game, and you had to feel the same way I did. They forced some throws, I think, 
maybe it was perceived in Dak's head as a rookie, he seemed to be forcing some balls Dez's way. And now Dez came up with a big catch late in that game for a touchdown. I'm not saying anything was wrong other than I just don't think they ran their offense the way they had run it the previous three weeks. So in retrospect, I'll have to reconsider in the future when stuff like that happens with the team because it probably wasn't the soundest idea I had last week. Yeah, at the end of the day, you ended up with 31.8 points. I mean, that's not a bad showing, okay? I mean, when you score 30 points, uh, you should be looking at a victory. But, uh, you know, it was just uh, – I had a good day, aided, of course, by TB12. So I ended up getting my first victory of the year. What am I – one in three now? Is that what it is? You're three and one. Yes, you, you've been on the wrong end of that part of our competition. You've been good on the picks. You've been kicking my, my, my rear end there, my tail up and down the field, actually. But uh, – uh, not not so much in fantasy. I predict a raging comeback for me um, in our little fantasy duel. So what are we going to do this week? I'm going to run through mine real quick. I, I'm right at the limit. Okay, I spent up all my money this week. I'm going to flow uh, for my quarterback with Andrew Luck. He's taking on the Green Bay Packers. Amal, I've talked about the Packers and their unwillingness to run the football. I think that's going to continue to be the case. And when you do that, the other side gets plenty of opportunities with the football, and I think that's what we're going to see here as the Colts travel to take on the Green Bay Packers. And when you do that, why not go roll with the quarterback that has been, you know, a pretty good fantasy play for a lot of people over the last few years. So I'm going to pick this time to go with Andrew Luck. They didn't have a great game last week um, in terms of fantasy numbers or his last time out, so um, seems like a pretty good time to pick him up. I'm going to roll with uh, Andrew Luck. Cost me eight, eight grand, eight grand. So I'm already okay. Uh, the New Orleans Saints—they're not—they're not the team you look for when it comes to playing defense. And they're outdoors this week, totally out of their element. They're going to play the San Francisco 49ers. So why not jump on running back Carlos Hyde? Seems like a good time. You know, San Francisco 49ers—you might want to do something to keep Drew Brees and the guys. Off the field, why not hand it to your running back a little bit more this week? So I'm going to roll with Carlos Hyde, and uh, he's going to cost me 7K. So i got to get a little economical with my wide receiver. Um, the Rams coming off of an embarrassing performance when they went across the pond to London. means they need to come up with something good, and it has to be on offense because they totally stunk out loud against the Giants. And I think Kenny Britt uh, ought to be, you know, a good beneficiary of, of, of a better offensive play um, and I think um, he's probably the play you want to make here because they got to be better in the passing game. They threw all kinds of interceptions last week, and I think Kenny Britt might be a guy that can come up off of that. That's going to cost you 6K. So that's my whole 21K there. What are you rolling with this week? Okay, first I'm going to start off, you know, quarterback. I mean, I'm still spending a decent amount of money, 7600 bucks. I'm going to take Dak this week. I have a feeling uh, the Cowboys may be a little flat playing after that game last week. And when that happens, usually your defense suffers because it takes more emotion and energy, I think, to play defense. And I think the Cowboys may let the Browns move the ball, which means that to win this game, they'll get into a little bit of a shootout. And I expect the Cowboys' offense to have a lot of success against the Browns' defense. So, therefore, I think Dak may have a little bit of a coming-out party in this game. Good um, 7,600. What are you rolling with at running back? Yeah, I was shocked when you gave me the uh, the, the amount I only had to pay for Sproles, 4800 I'm taking Darren Sproles from the Eagles. You know, I said before the Cowboys game last week, a friend of mine said, what do you think? I said, the only guy in the Eagles offense, and I, I really do mean this, that scares me at all, is Darren Sproles. The guy runs with the ball, he catches it, he does everything. 
and he's little. He just, I don't know, it just seems like he shouldn't be doing what he's doing, but he does. And until that stops, I think they're going to keep giving him the ball in any way they can because he's their only home run threat on that offense. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with him. I like him, and I'm only paying 4800 bucks for him. For him. Sure. Great value there. And, yes. And then we roll into uh, the late game, and I'm going to use a guy in the same game you used, uh, the, the Colts-Packers game only. I'm going to use a Packer. I'm going to use wide receiver Devontae Adams. Uh, the Colts really aren't interested in stopping anybody on defense. And the Packers need to get that offensive passing game cranked back up. They've been having problems for the larger portion of the season so far. No better way to do that than at home in a game against the Colts defense. And if Rodgers is going to do it, he has to throw it to somebody. And I think he's going to be throwing it to Adams a whole lot in this game. So you're rolling with uh, your man, uh, Devontae Adams. Well, you know, he is going to have to throw it. I guess, guess, you know, his right-hand man might be taken out of this. We'll just have to see. Uh, but Devontae Adams is going to cost you $7,100. So the, uh, the team is in, folks. All right. And, again, I just want to remind you that FanDuel.com is there for all of your daily fantasy football needs. Head over to FanDuel.com right now. Open an account and use the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Get yourself a nice little bonus. So let's talk about what we're going to pick this week. I just – uh, I had a little bit of a hard time with the picks this week. I went out on a limb, though. You know what I mean? Can, these are going to be some exciting picks uh, that we're going to have this week. Or you know what? Let's just hold off on that real quick because I know we're going to try and uh, put all of our picks together. We're going to just roll through them all together. So as you sit here and look at the slate, is there any uh, any games out here that jump out at you um, as big-time games this week? Eagles-Giants, maybe? Broncos-Raiders? Uh, I've got one. If I go down the board, there's three games that I will make sure I see. Well, one will be during my Cowboy game, so I'll flip back and forth the first two. But I'll definitely have the thumb working. Um, I'm interested whenever the Steelers play the Ravens because that's one of those games where the teams genuinely don't seem to like each other very much. Um, mm-hmm. Both teams are, you know, so far, you know, middle meddling through the season, four and three, three and four. Uh, this is either a game where the Steelers get some separation in that division or that division turns into a race to 9-7 and seven if the Ravens win because they'll both be 4-4. Four and four. So I'll be interested there. Of course, the Eagles, Giants, NFC, so old-school football, two cities that don't like one another, Philadelphia and New York, and two organizations that traditionally don't like one another. And this is the team, you know, and this is a game I think obviously the winner uh, becomes the only team that can probably find the Dallas Cowboys with, without a flashlight in that division. I mean, the Cowboys, unless they go out and do, do the unexplainable and find a way to lose to Cleveland, which could happen. It's the NFL, folks. Anything can happen. Sure. But assuming they beat, they beat Cleveland and they go to 7-1, and one, the winner of this game comes out 5-3 and three with still a legit chance to somehow win that division if Dallas stumbles. Uh, the loser finds themselves three games back with eight to play, that's a tough road to hoe in the NFL. So this is a, a big game for that reason. And then finally you go to that night game. It's old school. I mean, if there's any other division that has rivalries like the NFC East, it's the AFC West, where four teams in that division genuinely don't like each other. And the Broncos and Raiders are two of those teams, and it's good to see the Raiders back 6-2, and two, making this uh, a, a big game at night for us to enjoy so that's that's you know honestly that's the game I'm looking forward to. Not even my own team's game on Sunday. I'm looking forward to that 8:30 game with the Broncos and the Raiders. 
Yeah, the NFL has sucked on, you know, the games they've thrown at us on a Thursday night. I think a lot of that has to do with they are up against college football, so they're not going to throw their best out there. They've done a good job with the Sunday night games they've put together. The Broncos and Raiders, it feels like old times, both teams 6-2, and two, a lot on the line there for both of them. So I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, a big NFC East battle between the Eagles and the Giants. Um, I, I would want to roll with the Giants here, but the Eagles are going to be super motivated coming off of the loss to the Cowboys. Can't put together back-to-back NFC East losses, so that makes this a dangerous game for the, the New York Giants. And Steelers and Ravens always that, um, you know, a little bit of a bloodbath. But the Steelers, you know, is Ben going to play? How much, uh, how healthy is he going to be? That's going to be interesting to watch. And just can the Ravens get themselves back to 400 here? Because quite frankly, they lose this game. I think they're, uh, you know, they're going to slide really hard on the other side. So those are really the three big games that we need to watch here. So let's jump into our picks. It's college football and NFL together. Emma, I'm going to send you up first on this one. It's that time. We're going to roll out the college and NFL picks here on the Gridiron Studs Show. So you're up, my friend. It's time. What do you okay, got? let's start. Let's start with, uh, you know, one right here that, uh, first of all, a couple people are probably going to be shocked because they're, they're going to look at this Washington-Cal game and figure, well, you know what, Washington's going to want to go out there and make a statement because they weren't ranked fourth in the first poll. Sometimes that works against you folks, and you spend a little too much time in preparation that week talking about polls and things that you can't control and not as much time talking about the team you're going to play. And I think this is going to work to Cal's advantage. I like Cal getting 17 points at home. They throw the ball over the place. They're a different team at home. They score points. I think they'll stay within the number here. Rolling right along, uh, my next pick is, uh, believe it or not, Oregon spent a long time being the the last five years or so being the Pac-12 overlord, if you will. And their uh, descent into mediocrity, or even worse, is on on the way. And I think USC is going to push them that way this week. They're given 17 at home. Who thought you'd see that in recent history against Oregon? Oregon doesn't play any defense, and the USC offense has been rolling. Ten days to get ready. I'll take my Trojans, lay the 17. I think this is blowout city. And then finally... Uh, you've got Wisconsin going to Northwestern, and Northwestern just a pesky team. Wisconsin off that overtime win last week. Uh, I'm going to grab Northwestern plus seven at home to uh, maybe even win this game outright. I, I just don't like uh, making Wisconsin a road favor in that spot. Now, we go to the NFL, and uh, I have a game here right off the bat. I'm gonna, I told you guys the game I want to watch is the Eagles. And the Giants, I'm going to grab those Eagles, plus two and a half points. Uh, I just think that they're a better team right now than the Giants. They showed me something uh, in that game against Dallas. Uh, if they can get any kind of production down the field, I think the defense will be uh, will challenge Eli Manning, put him on his butt a few times, and I like the Eagles to win that game outright. Uh, my next pick, I'm going with the New York J-E-T-S Jets against the Dolphins. I'm not a believer. I think the Dolphins sitting around for a couple weeks after two good performances didn't do them any favors. Uh, the Jets are getting four points in this game. Uh, I think their defense will be a problem for, for, the, for the Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill. I'm going to grab uh, the Jets there. And then finally, in that big night game, I'm a big game hunter. I'm going to grab the super defending Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos, grabbing a point and a half on the road to Oakland. Oakland's got six wins, none of them by more than a touchdown. Yes, they all count as wins, but it tells me they haven't been dominant. The ball's been bouncing their way. Not, not in this game. Denver takes over first place in the AFC West. 
Hey, you said a mouthful there, man. You know, I like that USC pick. That was uh, one of those on my list. Didn't eventually make it to the final, but I like that USC pick. I've noticed you're a little bit of a Wisconsin Badger hater. You haven't really been on that. You haven't really been on that bandwagon this year. Not a really big Wisconsin. Badger. Not a hater of the way, Chad. I'm not yeah, a hater yeah. of the program. I like Wisconsin's program. I like that they win. I have no problem with with winning however your personnel allows you to win. I just don't like them in spots where they have to lay big amounts of points. And and seven on the road is a lot. Yeah, I know. They are are a little bit on the conservative side, so I can kind of understand you on that. All right. Well, I might have been drinking when I made these picks, but nothing uh, is ventured in this whole thing. Uh, I mean, nothing's gained when you don't get a little bit bold. So I'm bold on both of these. So here's what I got this weekend. Starting off in the ACC, Georgia Tech is taking on North Carolina. North Carolina has been fumbling around. You know, they're a 6-2 football team. Um, they're operating under the radar. They're not one of the big names talked about in the conference. But uh, I think this is the kind of game where they might have some trouble. Georgia Tech's going to come to town. They're going to be physical. Quietly, Georgia Tech is 5-3. and three. I think when you put out a number like this, which is 10 points in favor of North Carolina, I think that could be a little bit of a problem for the Tar Heels. Um, they've got a game. They've had a bye now off of their game against Virginia. If they want, and then they're at Duke next week. I just think this is kind of a physical game. It's going to be a little bit of a problem. Your Florida State Seminoles, I talked about it yesterday with Bud Elliott from Tomahawk Nation. What do the Seminoles play for this season? It's been a long time since they found themselves eliminated from all of their preseason goals at this point in the season. Uh, I think they geared up a lot for this Clemson game. It was going to you know, be the game that you know, changes their fortunes this season. They came up short. They lost. Now you got to go play NC State on the road. Odds makers trying to trick, trick you with a small line in favor of these guys. They're only five-and-a-half-point favorites. I think it's a hook line and a sinker here for you. I'm going to take NC State. They might just upset, uh, upset the Seminoles here, so I'm going to back to NC State. Wolfpack rolling on over into the SEC. South Carolina he did some really great things last week. Uh, came out, got a really emotional win at home against Tennessee. You can see all of the celebration and everything. Drunk with success this week. They got to go. They got to face a Missouri team. And um, I'm just not so sure they're going to have their heads on straight when they go into this contest. I think it's going to be a little bit of a problem for South Carolina as they take on Missouri. Um, And Will Muschamp has had problems with Missouri in the past. So that's where I'm going right there in college football. In the NFL, uh, I'm I'm also – I might be crazy here as well. The Saints are an indoor football team. They're outdoors. But they're taking on an outdoor football team that's one in six. The 49ers are tragic, folks, okay? They are just can't get out of their own way. I'm going to continue along, along that play, and I think things continue to be bad. Why would a three and four football team in the NFL be a three and a half point favorite? Um, so yeah, I'm going to roll with the Saints in this one. I think they continue misery for the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, partner, I'm sorry. We're on the opposite end of this thing on Sunday night. Oakland taking on Denver. Denver just had a, a big time conference win. Uh, divisional win last week against the San Diego Chargers. It's going to be a lot to muster it up again versus the Oakland Raiders in a nighttime football game. And, it, yeah, it's just too much energy for them to try and match the Oakland Raiders. Raiders rolling along here. It's not always pretty with them, but they win. And if they continue winning, uh, they're going to cover this number. It's only two. I'm going to roll with the Oakland Raiders. And then finally, One and a half, the by the way. Don't, don't rip yourself off. One and a half, Chad. One and a half. I'm sorry. I'm your brutal enemy, I guess, this week. Because I'm on the opposite end of you in that last play. And then I'm going against your squad, man. 
Um, big time win for them last week. Uh, prime time divisional contest. Pull it out at the end. This looks like one of these games where the Cowboys just don't bring their A game and got to come up with something late in the game to win it. I think on the road, seven-point favorites is just too much right here for the Dallas Cowboys. So that's what I got this week. Those are the picks, Amo. They're in. The picks are in, folks, from Amo Calamino and Chad Wilson. And so I guess guess this is where I Uh, think. You took a lot of points. I'm looking at your picks here. You took a lot of points overall in those six picks. And so did I. I. Did. Out of my six picks, four underdogs, two favorites, and one's a road favorite in the NFL with a team that's sub 500. Like I said, I might have been sipping on some syrup when I made these. But nevertheless, I put it all on the table. We're both going to let it ride. So, Emil, you're out of here. It's time for me to talk some high school football. Appreciate you. And uh, you have a great weekend. You too, my friend. We'll see you Monday. All right, that's Emil Calamino. He's out of here. I'm going to take a really miniature break. And when I get back, Joshua Wilson is on. We're going to try and talk about um, what's what in this final week and what's laying ahead for us here in the high school football playoffs in the state of Florida. Stay with me. Right back, right after this. No matter how hard you try, you can stop us now. No matter. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! We're back on the Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Folks, it's that time of year. It's that time to get your free health insurance for you and your loved ones. Primary care insurance is now enrolling individuals into their Obamacare insurance plan. So call today, 954-278-8696. That's correct. Free health insurance. Obamacare is now available from November 1st to January 31st. But it's urgent that you call today, 954-278-8696. Let them know if you heard it on the Gridiron Stud Show. As open enrollment only comes once a year, this means that the government is willing to pay for your health insurance needs. Did you hear me on that? The government is willing to pay for your health insurance needs. So don't miss out on your opportunity and the time to get free health insurance for you and your family. Don't miss out on this. Again, call 954-278-8696. You can also visit their webpage, get started. 
Go to OptimumNationalInsurance.com, OptimumNationalInsurance.com. Get your free health insurance right now. Go take care of that. All right. Um, when you, unfortunately, when you, you're playing a game of football and high school football, you know, health insurance is something that comes to mind because anything can happen on that field. But we're not going to talk about that so much as we're going to talk about the good things that are going to go down on the football field tonight and what we've got laying ahead uh, with us uh, in the Florida high school football playoffs coming up. And who better than Joshua Wilson to kind of make some sense out of it all. As uh, It looks like everything's in, Josh. We got all the playoffs uh, set up, or what are we still waiting on? Uh, we've got the playoffs set up. I mean, I'm looking at the brackets right here. I actually got printouts of every bracket, and I mean, I'll tell you what. I've actually, actually, it's funny. Is actually, I've kind of gone through the brackets already, trying to predict who's going to win, who's going to miss, you know, who's going to who's going to do what, and you know, I, I think I think there's going to be some. I, I think there, there's a chance for some craziness in the playoffs, and when they start next week, I'll tell you what. I mean, this week, I mean, this week it, it, it's rivalry week. Your last game for most teams. If you're not making the playoffs, it's pretty much. It's garbage week. It's, it really doesn't matter. You, you can, yeah, no other way to really look at that, there's, but, but see, you know what's funny is, you know, when we, when we talk about it next year at this time, we won't be calling this a garbage week because every team will be on the verge of playoff points here, you know, with the new system, which 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 is fascinating because really it, the new the new system really, you know, it, it, hey, it Josh, takes account for every about that, this new playoff system that's. Um, coming into play, how will that affect Week 11 games? Uh, how will teams want to go about scheduling? Like uh, us at American Heritage, we tried like really hard to get a Week 11 game, and it was very difficult for us to do that. It's and difficult to the point where we ended up not even having one, so we're not playing tonight. Well, week 11 is going to matter if you've got it scheduled. I mean, I mean, at this point, you know, for, for some teams, and, and I've looked at a couple of examples already, if the, if the system was being used this year, of how week 11 that, that there would be like in this one particular classification I looked at there would be at least in in every region at least two to three to four or five teams maybe in, in that stretch where this week would come down to okay are you going to be playoff bound or are you not going to be playoff bound because the points were already sitting there very close you know it's like it was like okay what 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 happens this week if I win, or what happens this week if I lose, or you know what happens this week if you know a couple other teams go this route? You know that's where the week eleven is going to come in. I think that's where it makes it much more exciting to figure out okay, which you know am I going to be sitting there on the thing? And I'm sure some teams are going to sit there and try to calculate in their region, calculate every team out, see what they need for points. I'm sure they're going to do it when they when it comes to it next year. Mm-hmm. But you know it. it, it what I'm seeing now, it would determine. You're, you're talking about yes, week eleven. You know, having having those ten, having a full ten game schedule, having your schedule playing that week eleven is going to matter. You're not going to be able to all schedule week eleven, and if both teams at the playoffs, you're going to play your second and third string guys because guess what? You can't necessarily do that unless you're really technically a district champ, and you're you know you're going to get a seed in one through four in, in, in the higher four classes. But if you're in the if you're in the lowest four classes, you can't. You and, and, well, most classes, if, if you're in a if there, because some teams are going to be creating conferences, if they're playing the week 11, most likely will be a district, a conference championship per se, because that's what they're going to look at using that as. Right. But you're not going to be sitting there week 11 playing your second and third strings, knowing that okay, you know what? Because you know you you know you could take the L without 
affecting your playoff spot. No, you take the L, it could affect your playoff spot next year. That's, that's going to be the difference. You know, you All can't right, look at it the same way. You did, you did mention it. Um, you, you know, you think there's going to be some, some craziness. But before we even get some craziness in the playoffs, but before we even get to that, though, uh, obviously we could talk about Central, um, you know, because that would be the obvious – that would be the obvious answer to, to this question. So let's just throw them out of this. What uh, of the teams not making the playoffs, give me a couple that have really shocked you that are sitting home in, this, in the playoffs. Well, outside of central, outside of central, I mean, let me, let me, let me put this one, let me put this one in perspective. Orange city university, who I thought was going to make the playoffs this year. That one was really a shocker because of the whole, you know, with everything, you know, I mean, I mean, here they are eight and two, again, eight and two sitting outside the playoffs. And it's, it's really hard to fathom. You're eight and two sitting outside the playoffs and, you know, again, it goes back to my theory that, you know, okay, the new system is meant to be for a reason. I think people will realize that, hey, you know, you're you're an 8-2 team. You should be on the playoffs, not sitting at home. Yeah, next year, you're not going to be sitting at home. You know, but, I mean, t- to be honest, looking at some of the – Miramar would be another team that I, I, I'm kind of – I'm pleasantly shocked by because, you know, I didn't expect Western to pull off the upset, and they somehow did it, and that, that one was another one right there. I think you know, and I'm then Boyd Raton. I, I mean, I, I thought I, I thought that I was another one was going to get to. That was yeah. another one was going to get to. That one, that one really baffled me. I mean, I understand you, know, you had a head coaching change at the start of the season and all that, but come on, the core of the talent was not was still there. Everything was still pretty much in place to to, right. to win the district. And the, the fact that you lose to Boynton Beach, you get into a tiebreaker shootout, you can't even. You, you can't even win that. I mean, come on. I mean, it's. But you know, Josh, hasn't that always been? Uh, hasn't that always been the the thing with Boyd Anderson? Just a ton of talent, and but also a ton of disappointment. And here we are again. I mean, it's it, it really disappointing at this particular point when you look at it. And I mean, I, I mean, I don't know where where, where else to say. I mean, I I think. You know, okay, Boyd Anderson missing the playoffs is a shocker, but Boynton Beach making the playoffs is a total shocker as well. So it's it's kind of a two for one deal in kind of that with that district because I don't think anybody saw it coming, and it just it's it's one of those things. And I'm having to put my head around it. It's like how 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 do you now? Of course, again, if this is next year, it wouldn't be the same way. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that one surprised me. Okay, let's talk craziness, potential craziness. In the uh, in the playoffs, what are you thinking when it comes to that? What c- craziness when it comes to that? I, I you, you know what? I don't think Flanagan's going to be able to defend that title. I think they'll get to the state semifinal, but I don't think they're going to get past that point. What do you think's going to be? Who, who's going to be the one to knock them out of it? I think Southridge might be the one that knocks him out of there. I really, I'm still, you know, you know, there might have been a couple of blips on the map for Southridge this season, but I still think they have the best. They have a really good path, I think, at this particular point when you look at it, considering, okay, you got Southwest Miami, you probably should be able to take care of them in the first round. Okay, then you got Miami Palmetto probably going to be. I, I think Miami Palmetto could beat Belen Jesuit. I mean, I, I'm not too high on Belen Jesuit in the first round with Miami Palmetto. I think Miami Palmetto could get past them. 
you get a rematch, and then Southridge takes care of business. Maybe get and, and really to be honest, looking at it, I don't think Gable with Gables and Columbus. I you know it could be possible in the second round rematch. I just don't know if Columbus would have it for two times in a row to be able to beat Coral Gables, you know, like that because you know usually you, it's hard to beat a team twice in the same season. But I tell you what, I mean, I just think Southridge might have that. This Southridge might be this year's Flanagan, you know. This, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, they're the best team out of the out of the South bracket. But you know, I there's there could be a whole bunch of. I mean, heck, you you never know what Viper could do to Flanagan. I mean, Flan, I mean Flanagan. I mean, if you look at the scores for Flanagan, yeah, you know they play defense, but at the same time, you know they don't. They're not scoring a whole bunch of points on offense either. So you know. You know what, what can Piper do? But I think it comes down to you know what, what is Deer, what, what if you get Deerfield and Flanagan in round two? If you get Deerfield and Flanagan in round two, what can Deerfield do? Haven't paid attention to Piper this year, but they are a team with only one loss. Um, what what really right. is Piper working with, and how serious a threat are they to Flanagan in this well, first round? Well, I'm not sure if they're going to be a serious threat. I mean, if you look at the score when they played Deerfield, Piper when Piper played Deerfield, it was a 35 nothing blowout in, in favor of Deerfield. I just, you know, I think, you know, that's the question, right? You know, if you can't beat Deerfield, what makes you think you're going to be Flanagan in this, in this case? So, I mean, I, I'm not sure, but you know, you just never know. With the, I mean, the playoffs can be crazy. That's why I'm thinking Deerfield and Flanagan in round two. That that that's where it could get a little contentious, maybe, in, 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 so, so to speak, because you know Deerfield could. You know, have that chance to pull the upset. You know, Deerfield will have to go to Flanagan for that because it's bottom line of the bracket this year. So Deerfield will have to make the road trip to Flanagan on that one. But I'll, I'll tell you this: looking at the whole thing, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm right now I'm kind of looking at a Park Vista Flanagan matchup in the regional final. But you know, don't don't, don't count Deerfield out yet because Deerfield might yeah. be able to pull that upset in round two, and then screw up and screw up everything in the bracket. See. This is why you know, and I'm going to be releasing all these district bra- a, a, a bracket projection next week for all eight brackets for, for what I'm well, thinking. That, that, that will that will oh that will be on the website. And I think that people will go totally. I, I think some people are going to rip me into shreds, but I don't care. <laughs> the people yeah, well, you know, predictions, rankings, ratings. Oh, they all bring they all bring the heat. Hey, Josh, why are some games being played? Why are some playoff games being played on Thursday night? Well, one, you know, well, you, I mean, of course, we all know the situation in Miami with the stadium side. So that, you know, you, you're going to have a few of those. But some of that will be in Veterans Day, being on the 11th, being on Friday. Some teams are kind of like, okay, you know, we're not having school that day. Maybe can we move this up? Some teams are saying, yeah, we'll do it. But some teams are like, nah, we're not going to do it. We're, we're, we're going to stick to the tradition of we're going to play our game on Friday night with the playoffs. So that's what they want to do. So. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever, you know, whatever they want to do, you know, just tell me when the dates is and what, what time you're playing. That way, I know which way you're going with this game, and I can keep a track of it. That's all I matter. All, all I care about with that, to be oh. honest with you. But, mm-hmm. but well, you I know, we're wrapping up a lot into what's going on in the South Florida. But listen, what's, you know, it we're early, obviously. What do you think? Who's got the best chance to come out of the uh, the upper half of this Class 8A bracket and, and make the trip to Orlando? Well, it's going to be an Orlando team. I'll tell you that it's going to be an Orlando area team. I, I'll give you I'll give you three teams that could potentially have that chance: Apopka, mm-hmm. Doctor Phillips, and here here comes here comes here comes the dark horse wild card: 
that nobody probably was seen at the start of the year. But I think they could, they could, if they may, if they play the cards right, they could, they could do it. Sanford Seminole. Really? No. So listen, I know that your ten and zero is not mentioned by you. Is that just uh, a house of cards? I think I I think Osceola is Osceola might be ten and zero, but I think they get knocked out in round two by Vero Beach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because right. I, I, Osceola is going to have to go on the road. I don't. There's, there's been times where Osceola's defense has been they've been they've been they've been, they've been bent. Pretty hard. They haven't broke yet on the defense, you know, where they've lost the game. But I'll tell you what, there's going to be a point where this Osceola defense is going to break. It did. I don't, I don't think it breaks in round one with the Treasure Coast. But there's a potential mm-hmm. chance with Vero Beach they could break it in round. That the Vero Beach could break it in round two. But if it comes down to Dr. Phillips and Osceola in round three, if that happens, I think Dr. Phillips will then push the breaking point on Osceola and knock him out. That's why I'm oh. not highly confident of Osceola going for a third, going back to the state state finals for a third straight trip. Sure, and you know, uh, Class Eight is just uh, so interesting that we could talk about yeah. it two weeks in a row. Oh but, yeah, it, um, it's not lost on me that, that we are Josh in Week Eleven and not actually heading into the playoffs tonight. So I'm going to say classes five, six, and seven A for a discussion next week. Let's, let's ride down into some of these other classes that we don't talk about a whole bunch. Class 4A, uh, it's been Booker T's world um, for quite some time now. But they've not been exactly the juggernaut that people thought they were going to be um, after beating American Heritage to kick off the season. So um, there could be a little bit of cloudiness in this, in this classification. So kind of, kind of clear up our eyes here. What, what do you, what do you think is going to go down in this class? Well, it's a little bit of cloudiness, but I, 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 I'm looking at giving the teams coming out of District 7, which is the district right above Booker T and, and, and Edson. I think at this particular point, Booker T has a clearer path now at this, you know, at giving that fact that, okay, somehow Cluiston, you know, Cluiston beat Glade Central for the district championship. Now Glade Central has to come to Booker T first round. If that had been flipped, I think you know that would have been a little bit more cloudier, but I think the clouds kind of kind of eased up a little bit on Booker T on this one. Right now, given the fact that I think you know Booker T will get to the second round, I think Edson could go to Cluiston and probably beat Cluiston and get to the round too. You know, I, I just and I, but I just you know if that happens, I I, I guarantee I, I put it to Booker T getting to the state semifinal, and they'll have to travel to Coco if that's the case, but. Here's the other team that I'm really kind of keeping an eye on, and I'm, 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 I'm the only reason why I don't want to put them in the state semifinals is because the, you know the thing is is that they would they they have to deal with Coco, but if Avon Park, who's only surrendered 19 points to this to this particular point in the season, 19 points, nine games played, 19 points they've surrendered. That's actually less than what they had surrendered to this point last year. Way less. Avon Park and got, little old Avon, Avon Park. Park. And, and they got Sebring tonight, which is their class, which is their which is their class six A rival, which is right, you know, two, not not just just about four miles down the road. So let's mm-hmm. let's let, let's put that in perspective. They got them tonight. I just I in my mind, if, if somehow Avon Park goes it beats Coco, which Avon Park will get to host that game if that's the case. It beat Coco. Then you're talking about a potential Booker T Avon Park matchup, and Booker T Booker T's going to be on the road no matter what in the state semifinals. No matter who wins out of the Region Three, they have to go wherever they go, 
we're sure. really, we're, whoever's hosting. I okay. got this question for you. Coco's sitting here at six and one, seven games. How'd that happen? Well, you one one they have they had a lost game for weeks. They had a lost game on uh, earlier in the season, week six, mm-hmm. because the the team back the team out of Missouri backed out on them during the summer because of some issues and and mm-hmm. and, and actually to believe it or not the new playoff format which was not even approved yet was also another factor in that mm-hmm. for some reason because it, the Missouri team was afraid that Coco wouldn't be able to play it and. In 2017, it's a whole bunch of stuff on that one. But the another thing was is that week seven, Coco and Mainland were supposed to play. We had a nice thing called the Hurricane getting off the coast, so that right. didn't that 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 wiped that game off the map. And so Coco's going to finish with eight games. You know, they got they got a game. They got Rockledge tonight, which is a rivalry, which really hasn't been much of a rivalry as of the late when you look at the scores. But sure, sure. Coco, Coco, I know is sitting there at eight and oh, Josh. Uh, how good are they? Oh, yeah. If, they, if it ends up being bowls that's in that in that championship game, um, can they get there? And do, do you think bowls could go ahead and get another championship? Uh, uh, I think bowls could. I, I okay, <laughs> let me let me put it this way. <laughs> here's 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 some scenarios. I and this is just totally me thinking, you know, don't don't don't. don't Nobody shoot the messenger or come come sounding alarm or anything. Don't do that. I think Bowles has the best playoff out here getting back to the state state championship game because I mean not only you said not that eight and zero they'll be nine and zero probably after tonight after they play Prep Attack out of Mexico from Mexico who actually is coming to Jacksonville for this game. Uh, I mean to be honest with you, Bolt, I mean looking at it, you get you get East Caston who you know is somewhat improved, but they're not gonna they're not up to quality of of, of beating Bulls. Bulls will probably blow them out in the first round, get a rematch of Reigns, take care of Reigns. You know you get that game at home again. Um, but me and Bold South, I mean, I, I'm looking at Bold South something their state semifinal right this second, and I think Bold, you know, Bulls will host that game. Bulls could be home for every round of the playoffs until they get to until they have to go to Orlando. I mean, to be honest with you, how Bowles, convenient! How convenient for those guys. Um, the I, I, it's how, yeah, it's, it's how convenient because of the way the line of the bracket falls this year. But for Bulls, I tell you what, if looking at it this way. You know, if it's Bulls versus Booker T, which you know, which uh, it wouldn't be surprising if that happened. Hey, we've never seen that before, have we? Oh yeah, many a times. But see, Booker T's going for five straight. But you know, I'm I'm thinking Booker T has a good chance of doing it, Mm. which would be that they're going to be the only team that would actually do it since Miami Central is not in the playoffs. But if if I I tell you what, this is this is a theory I've got on this one. This is a theory. You know, everybody knows Corky Rogers. You know, he's Getting, he's, he's passed well past age for retirement, we all know. Mm-hmm. And, you know. But, you know, he keeps on coaching. But if if I say this, and this is, the, this is the way I'm thinking in my mind, Bowles wins this year. Bowles wins the entire class. Mm-hmm. We may see that, 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 that. I'm wondering if that might be the last game we ever see Corky Rogers coaching and he finally hangs up the whistle. You think Corky because Rogers he wants to go out on top. Has to go out as a winner or milk this thing until it's clear to him he's done. I'm wondering if he would like to go out on top. And that might be the reason why he stayed around a little bit longer than just, you know, most mm-hmm. people would think. You know, considering some of the health issues he's had, you know, he's come bounced back from that. But, you know, at some point, when, when does the man say, okay, you know what, I'm ready to go just enjoy a day of golf and not have to make the drive? Man, there's some guys, you know, um, Josh, that just 
They're going to do it till the, till the end. We'll have to see on that I one. Mean, sure. and, and, but, Corky, but Corky might be one of these ones that keeps continuing to coach until, you know, basically, I mean, I hate to say it, until until they have Dying to off. say, okay, come on. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, it, yeah. It, it's, it's it could it could happen that way, and I'll tell you what. Looking at the, I mean, looking at that, I, I I'm expecting Bulls and Booker T in the in in, in the in four A. So I mean, if people want to come hang me now, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure you'll take some heat. That's what the playoffs are all about. Moving down to Class Three A is, uh, you know, talking about things that are going to happen down here in in uh, in our neck of the woods. Uh, pretty much, are we looking at a Chaminade Oxbridge in in the uh, in the second round of this thing? I mean, I, you know, Shaman on Oxbridge, I really think that's going to happen. I, I mean, I mean, Car- Car- I mean, Cardinal Newman, yeah, they, they, they've improved a little bit, but Shamanon's probably Shamanon's way better in the in this situation. Which actually, my, but the, here's the here's the question: How does Shamanon survive IMG tomorrow? That's a good question because well, I'd be very I, I really I think um, if your injuries start to pile up, uh, you might just lay down on these guys. That just might be what happens. Yeah, yeah, you just. Yeah, yeah. You, you just pull the white flag out and say, "Okay, we're done," because you don't want to. You don't. You mean? And to so be honest, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand why this game is being played tomorrow. So there's that. So, but uh, I mean, but in looking at Oxbridge, <laughs> Westminster, Westminster is definitely down. Oxbridge probably should take care of them easily. But I mean, at this point, I, I really, you know what? After seeing how Oxbridge has played this season, and then the fact mm-hmm. that the only loss that Oxbridge has is to IMG. And that that tells us, you know, hey, there's a difference between ING to, to the to the 3A teams. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, looking at it, I, I I think, hey, I think Oxbridge has got a good path to to get into the state championship game now. I you know, yeah, I, mean, listen, I think we all kind of really expect, even though, um, you know, you got two Central Catholics over there, but even though you know Clearwater um, has all this playoff experience, you know, they're probably going to be the ones to come out of there. And I just don't know physically if they can match up with an Oxbridge. Yeah. I, I just don't know with Clearwater Central Catholic. There's been, there's been times where Clearwater Central Catholic has been on the opposite side of the scoreboard this year, despite the fact that they have not lost the, you know, with, they haven't really losing with these games, but the, the, the fact that, uh, the fact that, that, you know, they've been on those wrong side of the school board too many times this year. It tells me that, you, you know, it, you, you get a clear what are some Catholic versus Oxbridge matchup. Oxbridge might just be too good to, for them to overcome that in, in, in that situation, which is why I think Oxbridge gets, gets you know, past that and stuff, you know. And, yeah, they will. You know, who's it, your favorite to come out of the north end of the Class 3A? Oh, Trinity Christian is still, I think, the favorite at this point, despite the fact of all the upheaval last week, right before before the before their Week Ten game of them coming out and saying, "Oh, we had to forfeit games," and they actually won an appeal on Sunday, so they didn't have to yeah, forfeit yeah, those listen, games. You know, winning an appeal, Josh. I don't need to tell you, winning an appeal on something like that is very rare. How did they? How were they able to do that? I think they ended up winning that because of it was a particular was something with a date and was something that Trinity Christian was not did not have access to, to mm-hmm. double check, which, you know, mm-hmm. in most records, you should be able to double check, you know, make sure that, the, you know, you're not getting something that's wrong. And for some reason for Trinity Christian, they didn't have this, but there was another issue, I think in the situation. And I think some people, you know, would, would, would seem to agree with this on that thought is that Episcopal threw a big fit. Because yeah. they were upset because they had they had, they had clinched the playoff berth. They were, thought they were going to the playoffs, and they weren't too happy about now. Oh well, we got to play a tiebreaker. Now we mean we potentially all this work we've done could be totally thrown up the door 
because mm-hmm. of what Trinity Christian had done. And I, I, I think there's a whole bunch. I think there's more to that situation. But I think this makes. I think when when it comes down to it, that, that there's going to have to be some change in regards to dealing with. Okay, making sure that the proper information for a homeschool kid that's playing on a private school football team or whatever sport, make sure that the information is accessible by the private school. That way we're not sitting here, sitting here trying to, okay, you know what? Well, it's not the private school's fault because, well, you know, they can't get the information. Yeah, I think that's something, you know, that's just something that we're going to, uh, you know, folks are going to have to deal with more and more as we come oh, yeah. on the whole back and forth type thing. Slide down into class 2A. Um, is there, is, can we just expect shopping yacht to be the ones out of the South end? No, I'm I'm still iffy on shopping yacht. I'm still I'm still MP. I, I still iffy on that one. I mean, I mean they could have a chance that they play their cards right, but I mean looking at it right now, I mean it, it, at this particular point, you know, I, I think maybe Naples First Baptist is their roadblock in, in this situation. I, I mean Naples First Baptist is really good. I think compared to you know looking at you know, I, I know Champignot has been on the edge on a couple of times in these games. I'm not sure if Champion schedule has been the best in the world this year, right. you know, given everything. I think, you know, uh, I mean, Champion is going to ho- end up hosting that game. If that happens, if they win beat community school, they'll host the host a second round playoff game. But mm-hmm. at, at this particular point, I, I looking at it, I'm thinking that's just going to be, it, it, it's really the teams I'm really thinking is a re- repeat of last year's state championship game, which is Cambridge and University Christian, because I really think those are the two best teams right now sitting in class. Perhaps, perhaps that yeah. will happen. Up north, uh, up north, we've got a fan U team um, that just has oh, snuck not their way in at one and six. How quickly are they out of there? Ah, they're they're out of that quick. That's blowout city. That that's blowout city for University Christian. That game will probably be over at half. I mean, I mean, this is why. This is another reason why the FHA is doing what it's doing. Because I tell you what, if this was the Not case, Sam, you wouldn't be in the. Not a good look, man. One I mean, well, one and six in the playoffs. I mean, they, they could have, they could have been zero and seven in the playoffs. I mean, they're lucky they even got one win right now to their name. I mean, that, that, that's this is just. This is literally how ridiculous it is, to be honest with you. So, I mean, yeah. is it a veteran North Florida Christian coming out of the North, or you know, you're just sitting here looking at the record, you know, Victory Christian sitting there. I'm going University Christian. University Christian has played a way better schedule than any of those teams that are sitting coming out of this North bracket. They, okay. they they have played a better, they have played a tougher schedule than anybody. Give me University Christian to repeat this year. I, I thought it would happen. You know, that's what I thought at the preseason. I'm still sticking to my guns on it. Give me the give me the Christians to run the table. Class one A. I'm seeing this name. Are they back? Pahokee nine and zero on the season. Um, give me their odds of getting getting to Orlando. I you, you know they, I I think you know their odds are you know beat Newberry, get a possible matchup with Trenton, which which you would have at home, so that you know hey, Pahokee could be at the home for the playoffs. Mm. The only key question is, I think they, they 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 will beat Trenton in round two, who's the defending state champion because Trenton is Trenton's good, but Trenton mm-hmm. is not the same Trenton that we saw in 2015 by right. no means. There is no compare. There, there's not a lot of comparison. The biggest the, the the team that I'm looking at that I think would be the roadblock to Pahokee is Madison County. Now Madison County will have to make the the six seven hour road trip to Pahokee for that state semifinal game. Uh, yeah, how after that, Thanksgiving. Like, how's that happen? That, why, why are we so screwed up? There? It's, it's, 
it's because of the it's because of the, it, it's the way the state semi the line of the state semifinal bracket is, and that that's the way the thing. Next year we go to seed we go to seeding on the bracket, so it's going to be whoever's number one. Okay, if you're number one seed and you're and then you're the number eight seed or whatever in in your bracket, you you know you're going to be on. If you're number eight seed, you know you're going to be on the road every round. Mm. That's just gonna yeah. that's just gonna be a given. I think that's and I think that's fair. And I think because if you're in the number one seed, I think it's fair that you get a home field advantage. You earn that right. So in in this case, I think you know in the, in this case, but the state semifinals, I, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to work it next year. It may still be the same way where they tell which lines of the bracket and which class is going to be. Think like like right here is is one a two. It's one a two a, and I want to say let me pull it up here real quick because I've got it here on my I've got it written here on my thing. Seven okay seven a five a two a and one a. It's the bottom line of the bracket. So regions two, regions two and four get to host, and then it's regions one and three and the other classes that get to host in the state semifinals. So it's regardless if you're a district champion or a runner-up at that particular point. They don't okay. care who. It, 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 yeah. So, but I think next year goes. I think next year it's going to go by seeds. I'm not sure exactly, but it, once they get this whole thing figured out, because they, they, they're going to have to redo all the districts and stuff and everything, and that that's still that's still another month or two off before we find out which way it's going to go on those. Okay. And then finally, who's your favorite out of the north? Do we just do the easy thing I, and I say Baker nine and zero? Who do you like? Give me. I'm going. With, I'm going with Baker this year out of the north. I mean, I'll tell you what. This is this is what you know. Port St. Joe's been in the state championship game the last two years out of the north. But and here's the but. They have not been able to figure out an answer to Bluntstown this year. In mm-hmm. I just in a district game in in the district tiebreaker. You telling me you can't figure out an answer to Bluntstown in a district tiebreaker in one corner? You can't figure out an answer in a regular game. Yeah, you might get that rematch in round two, but you ain't getting that far. So. Give me, Baker yeah. this, give me Baker or Bluntstown. I mean, at this point, it's going to be a whole different class one I state championship game. I think it's going to be Baker versus Madison County right this second. I even though it could be Pahokee, I, I'm still – I think Madison County is actually the best team in 1A right now. Pahokee's yeah. probably a distant second. Looks so, like a, I mean, looks like we might, there for class 1A. Yeah, well, listen, you're a walking encyclopedia, man, when it comes to this stuff, and I, I'm looking I'll, I'll forward you to what. I'll tell you what, Chad. I'll tell you what. Some people are going to come after me, and you know what? That's going to be fun because you know, yeah, I, they're they're going to they're going to they're going to come they're going to come right at me, and I'm going to be like, oh, wait a second here. Have you have you looked at everything yet? You know, before you just start talking here because you know, but you there's know a whole lot of things. Matter. Don't pick their team. Then uh, you're the enemy, and you're against them. So I fully know how all that works. we're we're headed for a pretty good yeah. conversation next week as we as we move into the playoffs. Oh yeah, we'll be definitely talking about some of the best games in the playoffs that are coming up. Because I'll tell you what, it's it's only going to get hey, these hey, after the after after the night is over with, the second season starts. It means you can hit the yeah, reset absolutely. button on everything you. Know. Yeah, we, all, zero, we, zero, we say that in the coaching circles, the fans say it, the media say it. So uh, we're looking forward to that second season getting started. Josh, as always, appreciate you coming on and talking Florida high school football here with us on the Gridiron Section. Hey, have a good one, Chad. Appreciate it. All right, enjoy the games tonight. Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Man, love, man, when he gets rolling, you know, he can't stop. The guy absolutely loves high school football and loves high school football here in the state of Florida. Listen, we love all football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. That's why we named this the Football Friday Edition. And, man, did we touch it all? College football, college football predictions, high school football, 
Uh, we talked about the playoff brackets. We talked NFL. We gave you some fantasy football picks. We gave you some NFL picks. We do it all because that's just what we do here on the uh, on the Great Iron Stud Show on a Friday. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that you enjoy the game. We hope that you enjoy listening to the Great Iron Stud Show, which is on now every day during the week, weekdays at 10 a.m. So set yourself up uh, to listen to us live. We appreciate you with version. Thank you very much for making us a featured show on blogtalkradio.com and we'd like to thank you all for listening. Enjoy your weekend, folks. We're back on Monday. Great Iron Stud Show. Can you recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges, step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen.